Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I am here with a new friend that's an old homeschooler, so it's how did we never meet before? So I'm so excited today to introduce to everybody Kathy Morrissey. So Kathy is the creator of the Character Corner blog that a lot of people know, and I just never met Kathy before. So I'm so glad our paths crossed. So Kathy, would you introduce yourself and tell us about you and your family and your homeschool journey? Yes, and I'm excited to be here. Um, My husband and I have eight children, and we homeschooled them all from kindergarten through graduation. And four years ago, we ended our homeschool journey when our youngest son graduated. That's a big change after eight kids. It is. And after 31 years of homeschooling, to have it end. (laughs) We need some kind of like a medal or, you know, a little trophy to put on our shelves after that. Yes, I agree. I survived 31 years of homeschooling or however many years, right? (laughs) Yeah. So um, my kids are grown now and I spend a lot of my time with grandkids. We have 15 grandkids and I'm loving this stage. Okay. How many grandkids do you have? 15. Oh my gosh. And can you keep all their names straight? (laughs) No, I couldn't even keep my own kids' names straight. I only had five and I could never keep their names straight either. So I understand. I just, I was visualizing what a, a holiday would look like with that many people. I bet it's a blast. Crazy, loud, lots of laughter and noise and Yes, lots of fun. How wonderful. Yeah. And so you guys homeschooled eight all the way through. Right. And now you have the joy of investing in those grandbabies. Right. So that's just absolutely fabulous. Tell us about the Character Corner and how that got started. Well, actually, I began the Character Corner, oh my goodness, way back in 90. Five, I think, but we started off as the courtship connection because that was kind of the season when courtship was just kind of beginning, and I realized that it was very hard to find resources on that topic. So I pulled together all the resources I could find and began the courtship connection. And then over time, that kind of turned more and more into character because that is my passion. Mm -hmm. And I started sharing a lot of resources that helped us in training our kids in character. And then after my kids got older, actually, I probably didn't do it when my youngest two were out of school or close to out of school. I created two character curriculums for preschool and elementary kids Mm -hmm. because I felt it was hard to find something really fun for kids as far as teaching character lessons. There were great resources out there, but they weren't that engaging for the younger kids. So that's what I did when my life slowed down a little. And I just love speaking on character and encouraging parents to focus on that because really that lays the foundation for academic success in our homeschooling. One of the things I appreciate about the Character Corner is you talk about things that help build character, but the website is not preachy and legalistic feeling, which sometimes when we start leaning into character, it's just like pounding rules into a kid's head. Right. And uh, instead, it's very gracious website. And so when when I caught this post that that talked about how parents can really avoid some mistakes in in being, you know, like harsh and, and critical and preachy and legalistic, I thought, 
gosh, that would be a great thing to talk about. So today we're going to talk about seven ways to make your teens miserable. <laughs> and so, because really, you know, if you know how, what will make your teens miserable, <clears throat> you can decide some ways around it. So we all have human tendencies and, you know, dealing with teenagers sometimes can um, trigger some of our weaker moments. So right. here's some ways to notice if you're going to make your teen miserable and go some ways around. So Kathy, where would you want to start on this? <laughs> well, I would say that um, before we get into some of those things to avoid that, probably the biggest mistake that parents make with their older, like with their teens and their young adult kids is being too controlling. Many times in our efforts to keep our teens or our young adults from turning prodigal, um, we parent in a way that really restricts them very tightly or dominates yeah. them. And often mm -hmm. that backfires because the teen pushes away. They, they're becoming their own person. They're learning to think for themselves, which is what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. And they resent that. And we end up over controlling them often because from the time our kids are young, we do that. And that's how it should be when they're young. I always say from the first five years, we pretty much control our kids. We tell them what to do, when and how, sure. um, because that's the training stage. Yeah. And then we want to lead them more into self-control where they learn to control themselves. And then as they become teens and young adults, we want that to turn to God control where God guides them in their decisions. Mm -hmm. But often it's very hard to make that transition and begin to let go as our kids get older, because we're so used to doing that controlling. Often we lose our kids because of that. They resent that. We don't let them make their own decisions. We don't give them freedom as they get older and just let them become adults. Yeah, that's so important. You know, it's hard for us grownups to, after all those years of running a kid's life, to start easing off control and developing, allowing them to develop the skills of self-government. Right. That's it. like if we don't do that, then we end up with some really big messes because the teens will push back. So I love that attitude is we're, we're trying in a developmental process, which is developmentally appropriate to ease off and let them guide their lives and turn their lives over to God. So that's lovely. Good, good context. So what would you suggest to help us moms with that? Well, I can give a few things that we want to avoid doing some mistakes that can very easily cause them to resent us. And the problem with that is often we lose their hearts. And the biggest thing I say we need to do as homeschooling parents is win and keep the hearts of our children. Mm -hmm. When we have their hearts, then we have the opportunity to pour into them the truths that God has given us and to influence them, shape their values and point them to God. So um, these are things that you want to avoid doing so that you can keep their hearts. These all kind of uh, relate to the thing of not controlling them. But the first is don't treat them like they're still a child, but treat them like they're a young adult. Treat them with respect, regardless of their age. Yeah. Once the kids are older, we can show respect by how we respond to them. And I think it's important to spend more time listening to them and not being quick to give negative feedback concerning their ideas or plans. Because really, as they get older, our kids have some great ideas, some great thoughts, and they need to feel that it's safe for them to share their hearts with us and their values, that it's a safe place with us to share whatever they're thinking, even their questions. I think often we react with fear when our teens begin to ask questions about 
their faith or our family standards or our biblical values and beliefs. And it's important that they feel they can ask those questions. So it's important to treat them like a young adult and have those conversations. I just want to just jump in there and say, that's so awesome. Thank you very much. Like part of teenagehood is asking questions, questioning why do we believe this and why do we do that and coming up with ideas and sometimes they're goofy and sometimes they're valid and to not be afraid of that, to respect it. So I'd love to hear you say that. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. And it's something I had to remind myself of because I would tend to react with fear if my kids question something we believe. Sure. I would be like, oh my goodness. And if I overreacted, then they were afraid to ask those questions. And our kids at some point have to make their faith their faith, not ours. Yeah. So they have to be allowed to ask those questions openly and work through that. So um, another thing that we often have to be careful of is never being happy with their decisions. And as our kids get older, we don't want to give the impression that they can never please us. And honestly, we had a couple kids who it was hard with them because they made a lot of bad decisions. (laughs) I mean, all of our kids are different. And we had a couple that just had to kind of learn the hard way. And if you told them, you know, this is not a wise thing to do, you want to avoid this, they often would have to go out and experience that on their own and get bonked on the head to realize, oh yeah, mom and dad were right on that one. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. So with them, we had to be careful not to give the impression that they couldn't please us. And even though they sometimes wanted to do things differently than we might or choose something different than we had hoped they would, we strived to encourage them and be for them and accept them for who they were rather than always second guessing their decisions or trying to change their mind on things. So we need to trust them and be happy with their decisions. At the same point, obviously come along beside them and encourage them. But there has to be a balance where we're not just controlling their every decision and saying, oh, no, that's a bad decision. You can't do that. You should do this instead. I love that. And it really, for us moms, is so hard, but it develops in us the strength of trusting God. Yes, yes. And we'll have to get to that point. Yeah, it's 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 a, a good developmental process for us, but boy, is it hard. Right. <laughs> we have to, at some point, let go and release them to God. And when I had struggles with that, I would pray and just say, God, I know that you care about them more than I do, and I'm giving them into your care and asking you to protect them because you love them so much more than me, and I know they're safe with you, and I had to let go. Beautiful. All right, what's what's another one? Another thing would be do not criticize them to their siblings. You think, well, why would I do that? But sometimes, honestly, your kids just get irritating, and it's easy to find yourself spouting off things, mumbling under your breath or saying something to their siblings about, mm-hmm. I can't believe he would do this or, wow, he's making bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing more hurtful to our kids than hearing us talk negatively about them to their siblings or to anyone for that matter. So it's important when you are unhappy with something that they're doing to take it to your to them privately. If you need to talk to your spouse privately first and say, you know, how should we handle this? Uh-huh. And then talk to the child privately, but never criticize them. Never let them hear you talking about them negatively because that's very hurtful and they don't feel safe. Going back to that point, they need to feel safe with you. Yeah. And it also makes the, the sibling who hears the criticism not trust you. Right. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's that's beautiful. And again, it's it's a developmental process for us moms of we have to keep going back to God with our kids and developing that fruit of the spirit self-control and not going to the siblings is a really good thing. Right. That's funny you mentioned that about the self-control because I think one of the first things we learn as we begin homeschooling is how much God's working on our character as we teach our kids. <laughs> and within my first month of homeschooling, I realized I had a lot of character flaws that I had never recognized before. <laughs> yep, yep. Like yeah. self-control and patience and things like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, what's, what's another one? Another way to make your, your teens miserable or your older kids is by not making them feel cherished and accepted. Mm. No matter how old our kids are, young or old, they long to please us and make us happy. That is just built into our kids. They long for the acceptance and love of their parents. They want to feel like the sun just shines on them from us. And I think sometimes we are so anxious and eager to raise our kids to turn out right, to love God and to do this and that and not do this, that we do not show that because we're too quick to comment on the negative things and they don't feel cherished or accepted. And we have to let them know that they are special to us. We love them for who they are and how they are and we accept them because they're ours and that will never change. We shouldn't just assume that they know that. We have to make a point showing that by our actions and expressing it often with words. And even as our kids get older, they need to hear that. I think teens especially, they're going through so many transitions in their hormones and their bodies and their thinking as they mature and grow up that they already feel insecure in who they are often. So as parents, they have to know that we cherish them, we love them, we accept them for who they are, and we love them as they are. Absolutely. And that's, that's just so important. And they don't grow out of that. Right. Of needing to feel cherished. And it's so hard sometimes, especially with high school, because we have a performance we have to do. There's this transcript thing we've got to accomplish for them. Right. Or they might not succeed in life. And so to, to make sure we keep our focus where the primary goal is, and that is our relationship with them. So appreciate that so much. Exactly. Another thing that will make your older kids feel miserable and hurt your relationship is when we act as if helping them is a big inconvenience and we grumble and complain about it. Families are meant to work together and to help each other. And it's just a way that we show we love each other and care about each other. So when the older kids need help in whatever way it is, whether it's with a school subject that we don't really do great at and we don't enjoy helping them with or maybe it's taking them places at a time when we'd rather stay home and read a book but they depend on us for transportation or maybe they want to have a friend over and we think no that's going to be extra cooking or whatever if we sigh or grumble and act you know put out about it they don't feel loved and they're not going to feel again home isn't the best place to be why you know, I don't enjoy this because my parents think I'm a big burden and we do not want to ever give that impression. But sometimes because we're tired, we give that off without even meaning to. So something to really be aware of. And I realized that I was going through some fatigue while my youngest two were in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I would catch myself when they would ask me to do something. I would hear myself sigh. And I realized one day, 
oh, I, that is bad. How would I feel if my husband did that if I asked him to help me with something? And he's like, oh, okay. But yeah. we give it to our kids and it's hurtful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So the next thing? The next thing would be we need to be careful that we don't treat people outside of our home with more respect, patience, and kindness than we do our own teens and young adults or children for that matter. Our kids will lose respect for us very quickly if they see that we're much nicer and happier and treat people outside of the home better than we treat them. I want to just jump up and down like, <laughs> yeah, because teens feel they know the fake. And yes. so, um, yeah. so go for it. Dive into that. I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> well, it's a double standard. And if anything, our kids should get the best. Yes. And, you know, I, I realized this one day. It was summertime, and we had our air conditioning on, and the, the teenagers were going in and out doing, I don't know, they were playing ball outside or something, and they had a friend over, and every time one of my kids came in, they would leave the door open. <laughs> yep. I'd say, shut the door, the air's on, shut the door, and you know, I'm finally like, shut the door, are you born in a bar? You know, I'm getting frustrated, <laughs> and then their friend came in and left the door open. I said, hey, would you mind shutting the door, please? The, the air's on, and I heard the difference in my voice, and I caught myself and said, wow, why, why are you treating that person so much better or nicer? Why are you being more respectful and polite with them than you are with your own kids that you live with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that got my attention. I said, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> I, I tell you, this, this motherhood, and especially being a homeschool mom, is just such a character-developing experience. It really is. <laughs> yes. But that's it's so important because what, as you are authentic with them, in other places or with other people around, it's teaching them an adulting skill that's important, that they need to be real and and good people, right? you know, all day long. Right. And I think it encourages them when we treat them with respect, they're more likely to treat their siblings with respect. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. They mirror us. Okay. And the last thing that I would say that will really cause our teens to be miserable is when we really don't have hardly any relationship with them, very little time that we spend talking with them, showing an interest in them, really knowing them, but we still like to jump in and advise them Mm -hmm. about everything or criticize them or even assume the worst about them when we really don't know their heart. And if we don't have much of a relationship with them, that kind of takes away our right to give them unasked for advice. Absolutely. For one thing, if the relationship isn't close, we don't know their heart. So it makes it easy for us to assume wrong motives. And then it makes it difficult for us to even give appropriate counsel to them. So it's important to really have that relationship. And then you can come alongside them. I love the example that Solomon sets in Proverbs where, you know, he comes alongside his young people, the young person, and says, give me your heart as he comes alongside them and guides them and counsels them rather than saying, do this, don't do this. It's a relationship Mm -hmm. where that counsel is welcome. All right. So in being real, you know, like you're a mom with eight kids. I had five kids. I was also a working mom. To have the, the ability to keep a relationship going, there's not going to be a, a perfect standard. But what are some ways that you were able to keep the relationship alive with your teens as they went through the the high school years? 
I think one of the biggest things was I made myself available to them for talking and well, really for them to talk and me to listen. I realized, you know, people say how busy you are when your kids are young and how, how needy they are. And that's true. But I really found that my teens required a lot more of my time and energy than when they were young, because you're not talking about, you know, which cup they want to drink out of. You're talking about important life decisions when they're older. And a lot of times they just would want to come and talk to me about whatever. And many times it wasn't a convenient time. (laughs) Often my kids, the older ones would want to talk to me when the younger ones in bed. And I had just sat down at my desk to finally get some work done with no one around to bother me. And I would just get started. And one of my teens would come in and sit down across from me. And I'd Uh think, oh, come on. (laughs) But I had to remind myself, hey, this is great. They want to talk to me. Do not ever say no to that because I want my teens talking to me and I wanted to keep that relationship open. So I had to make sure I was available for them. And I think another thing that helps is to be fun. Our teens don't want to be with a mom who's grumpy and tired and complaining and just who, you know, doesn't have much joy. And the other thing that goes with that is why would they want to know our God when they see us always grumpy and unhappy? Yeah. So I think with teens, especially they're watching us. They have to see in us that we have joy and that we care about them. We are ready to listen. We support and encourage them, things like that. I really appreciate that is, you know, when you have a lot going on, it's very easy to get prioritizing the the tasks right rather than the relationships and so to be able to put the task aside and stop and make eye contact when the teens are in their talking zone is so important and i know there's no way to do that perfectly because we're all humans right but boy is it valuable and yeah teens don't want to talk to a grumpy face so you know smile and exhibit even if you're putting it on for the day you know give give them a little happy nonverbal it will help them and it's kind of like an investment you're making in them so exactly so this is so encouraging you know like parenting is challenging and it's character developing in us and I, I think, you know, God being economist, of course, he's going to develop our kids, but he's also developing us. But it's, it's just a beautiful process. And when we do this work as parents of teens, then we can enjoy them as they grow up. And uh, that's, that's really nice. Right. And, you know, that's what I'm excited to talk about this topic because I'm at the other side now. My youngest is now 23 and my oldest is 39. And I love the relationship I have with all my kids. They call me. Mm-hmm. Um, they love to come visit. They invite me to come visit them. And, you know, we share each other's lives. And it's so fun, it's so rewarding to see the fruit of the years of investing in them and developing that relationship and training them. It really, it really is worth the process. You know, when when they're willing to still talk to you when they're grown ups. Right. That is worth all of the hard work when they're younger. So Kathy, tell us how to connect with you and things that you have to offer there at The Character Corner. My website and my blog is thecharactercorner.com. And I also have a Facebook page called The Character Corner. And I just share a lot of encouraging things on there every day. You can go to my website also and sign up for my emails if you want to get weekly encouragement a couple times. And you can go to my 
website and sign up for the 31 day homeschool series that's coming up soon. That way you get lots of encouragement for the month of August. Yeah, that will be lots of fun. And I think I'm sending you over a post for that. So I'm really excited to be part of it. Yes, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. All right. Thank you for being with us, Kathy. It's such an encouragement to those of us who are parenting and, uh, you know, to know this is, it's not impossible, but there are some things that we can do to help contribute to our teens' growth. So thank you so much. Right. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. While you're wrapping this up, would you hop over to iTunes and leave us some stars and maybe a review to help other people to find us? And join us also at the Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook group because we have lots of good conversation and questions there. Well, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Mm -hmm.